Welcome to the Collective Voice of Health IT, a Weedy podcast. Listen, I'm a father of two boys, a teenager and a tween. So keeping my virtual eye on them is just as vital as keeping my actual eye on them. Uh, There are various apps out there that can be used to see the real-time location of your child's device, to make sure they get to their friend's house safely, or to make sure they're at the library and not the mall. Uh, Well, this week we speak with a healthcare technology professional who has leveraged real-time location systems, or RTLS, to provide tracking and management, not of adventurous teens, but of medical equipment, staff, and patients within all types of patient care environments. We'll talk about how RTLS can help address issues concerning the safety of a facility, the satisfaction of the staff, the quality of care provided to patients, and the costly workflow inefficiencies that impact their bottom line. But first, a minute about the producer of this podcast. For nearly 30 years, Weedy has been the preeminent national membership association for health IT guidance and collaboration. Recognized and trusted as a formal advisor to the Secretary of Health and Human Services, Weedy is the leading authority on the use of health IT to efficiently improve health information exchange, enhance care quality, and reduce cost. For information on our member benefits and educational offerings, visit our website, wedi.org. To learn more about real-time location systems and how it's helping healthcare evolve, this week we welcome Scott Hondras, Vice President of Professional Services, Customer Excellence, and Strategic Consulting at Centrac on the Collective Voice of Health IT. Scott, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. This is exciting. I'm looking forward to our conversation today. Definitely. This is fun. Now, now, of course, we always ask origin stories. So let me know, what were the motivations, inspirations, and aspirations that got you into healthcare and location technology? Was it two rambunctious sons like I have <laughs> that I have to kind of track them down every five seconds? Yeah. So I actually, I, I came into this industry in a, uh, a bit of a different uh, path than most. So I, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a nurse by background. And what happened was back in 2011, um, uh, my wife was pregnant with our son and she had a complex pregnancy, which uh, forced her to be in the hospital on bed rest for about 90 days uh, mm-hmm. before he was born. And what I realized during that time was that there was all sorts of individuals that were coming in and out of our uh, out of our patient room. You know, I always thought of doctors and nurses being the ones that, you know, kind of worked inside of a hospital. And what um, I ended up seeing was that there are IT folks, there are uh, EVS personnel, there's uh, engineers, there's all of these um, uh, other functions that I never knew existed. And so, when our son was thankfully born very healthy um, uh, in 2012, I started looking for jobs in the healthcare space. And there was a small startup company that had just come into the real-time locating space called Infinite Leap. Um, I began working with them uh, at uh, Wake Forest Baptist here in North Carolina, where I'm located. And really, the rest is history. Uh, about eight or nine years later, Centrac uh, acquired Infinite Leap. And so now I'm excited to, to be leading our professional services uh, and consulting teams here at Centrac. So it's been a, um, a, a journey of about uh, a decade now since uh, I first entered the industry and, and one that uh, I'm really excited about sharing uh, today. Excellent. Now, tell us a little bit about Centrac and what um, are the industry challenges that you're addressing with RTLS? Sure. So, you know, Centrac started off as a strictly a hardware company um, many years ago, maybe back in 2007, 2008. And 
over uh, the Centrac lifecycle, they have now become a full solution provider to where we now offer the hardware, the software, and the services specifically to healthcare and specifically in the RTLS or what you'll hear referred to as the real-time locating space. And what we do is similar as I like to kind of explain to folks and my family that ask what I do, it's it's kind of like indoor GPS, or as you talked about uh, with your family, uh, being able to use uh, an app on a phone to locate something. And we are able to locate either clinical equipment, um, hospital personnel, uh, and even uh, patients and their family members. And so we're really able to bring a variety of use cases and and make an impact in a lot of meaningful ways to the organizations uh, that we serve. Now, now how do you do that exactly? I mean, is it like an air tag or or a badge or something? You know, like walk me through, I own a hospital, I own a health system, and, you know, Centrac is here at So I'm able to track a medical device. I can kind of figure out how I'm tracking staff, but like devices and other things. I looked on your website and it was a cool little map, of course, helped me out perfectly, like understanding (laughs) exactly what I'm looking at here. But when someone pulls up on their screen, do they see that little map and little people or, or or how does it actually work? Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, You know, so the first thing we we try to do is figure out, you know, what is it, what is the the objective or what is the pain point with the uh, organization uh, that we're working with? And so if we take um, the, the clinical assets, for example, most hospitals we've all been to are, are gigantic. You know, they're labyrinths of various architecture and different buildings having been built over many years. And what ends up happening is these hospitals have just bought tens of thousands of pieces of equipment that they need to to take care of the patients that they serve. And so in order to be more efficient and and financially healthy as organizations, we place these small little, um, similar to an air tag, we place these small little tags on the clinical asset. It just, it sticks on there with some adhesive. Uh, it's, It's all sealed up. You don't even notice it. But the magic really happens in Okay, how granular do you really want to get? And that's normally the first thing that we talk with folks about is, are you looking to have what we call CGL or clinical grade locating, which is room level? So I can tell if Michael's in this room and Scott's in this room next to him with with extreme accuracy. And we're able to do that across the organization. Now, we stay away from bathrooms and offices and um, break rooms, things where there's that big brother kind of privacy concern. But all of the other areas are kind of game on. So we will look at soil utility rooms, clean rooms, down in the uh, basement of the hospital where all the operations take place. We really want to understand where that piece of mobile medical equipment is located and even more so have visibility into the status of that. And we do it by placing a sensor in the ceiling of each of those locations. And so if I'm in a patient room and I need to know the um, uh, that an asset is located in there, it is communicating with a, a little device that goes up in the corner on the ceiling. And that's that's it. It's not wired. It's it's all wireless and it operates on its own network. And so it's sending all of this data back uh, to the on-site uh, servers in real time. And that's really where all the kind of the magic happens. But it, for all intents and purposes, you've got a lot of things with tags on them communicating to a little device that's in the ceiling of the rooms that you care about. And, and I'm, I'm guessing here uh, that, you know, patient satisfaction because you're able to locate an item or locate a doctor or locate a nurse quicker. And in terms of flipping it back around for the health system in general, I would assume there's staff satisfaction because things 
operate a lot more efficiently when you know where things are, you know what your next steps are because you can locate, oh, here is this monitor, here is this item, it's right there. So overall, it looks like it's a positive thing for multiple different levels. For the patient, go through some of the you know, benefits there for the staff and the system. What are some of the benefits in terms of bottom line? Yeah, absolutely. And that's really, you know, kind of, you know, the, the key buckets. And we, we, we will take, you know, soft and hard dollar savings for each of those. But, you know, the patients are at the, the forefront of everything that, that we're all involved with. And so patients, you know, when you walk into a clinic and, and it's, uh, you know, you're, it's a stressful situation already, you probably weren't able to have your coffee or your bagel that morning. Um, you're, you're sitting there and you're a bit anxious. And so waiting in line when you get there is not a, a welcoming uh, uh, ex- event within your, uh, uh, within that medical center's first impression. And so we really start working is immediately when the when the patient walks in the door to provide them a a badge that is about the size of a business card that is able to locate in real time. So they just take that and then they're able to go and sit down. What then happens is the registration desk knows based on some technology integrations that we've built that hey, Michael has taken that badge and is sitting down. And they don't know it's Michael at that point, but they know that someone has taken the badge and so they click a button and it calls you up. Once you are called up, they then connect that badge and your name in the medical record system to now have your visit tracked from when you walked in the door throughout the duration. But what you were asking earlier is, you know, what difference does it make for a patient in that satisfaction and that overall experience? You know, I have, uh, as I mentioned, a young son. We used to sit in the pediatrician's office all the time and wondering, have they forgot about us? You know, are, are they, you know, when are they going to come in here? Um, and so we're able to configure rules based on a variety of different uh, triggers. And one of them is if a uh, patient badge in an exam room has not had a interaction with a staff member in a configurable amount of time, we can generate an alert to a nurse manager or to a doctor to where they're able to say, oh, you know what? We forgot about Scott uh, down in that room. We need to make sure that um, uh, that we go and, 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 and see him. And what you're doing little by little is you're impacting that patient's visit in a very positive way mm-hmm. uh, in real time. And, and that's the name of the game, not, not doing recovery um, uh, with the patient that might not be satisfied once they leave, but impacting their visit while they're there. The and so all of this still is is garnering efficiency. And as you mentioned earlier, you know, the bottom line is is really a, a key point here. The patients are going to get a more personal visit. They're going to be um, uh, have more uh, timely interactions with the staff. But from a uh, worker or a clinician standpoint, they're able to be more efficient because the medical equipment that we talked about earlier that has a tag on it, it's already in the exam room or in the procedure room because of the locating capabilities that we've uh, built into that deployment. The staff member then can very easily see on a dashboard in their lounge or in their workroom, oh, you know what? One of my patients has gone through lab. They're now ready for me. So the staff members are much more efficient because they're able to see that. And what this all equates to is that they're seeing more patients. They're not... um, they're not rushing you out of there to where you're getting less um, quality patient care, but they are able to provide more timely care and efficient care, which at the end of the week, if we can see uh, five more pediatric patients or if we can have six more infusions or maybe five more surgeries, that's where you really start getting into some really big uh, financial savings and some hard dollar impact to the the overall organization. Uh, the other part that we 
see a, a lot of impact on is those assets that we've talked a little bit about. You know, if you're tagging, say, 20,000 assets at a uh, at a hospital that might have about 800 beds is the typical ratio. Each year when they're going through their budgeting process at the leadership level and requests are coming in um, for all sorts of things, we're able to look at the utilization of the equipment at an item by item level and say, you know what, you actually have low utilization here. We just need to increase the use of these assets. We don't need to buy new ones. And when you do that at an organization of, of the size of many of the clients that we work with, you get to some really uh, powerful uh, ROI that's very quantifiable um, that, that the organizations can, can get behind. No, that's great. And with all that information and the data that you have from all your clients, have you seen things? What are the trends that you're noticing over the past couple of years um, in terms of RTLS? You know, like Where do you still see gaps where you're like, we can incorporate it there? I think, you know, the biggest gap right now is that it's still um, a technology that's that's fairly expensive. It's mm-hmm. uh, So what that has led to is a lot of the large IDNs or large academic medical centers, they are the, the primary clients and consumers of RTLS right now. Similar to when um, the electronic medical records were rolled out, uh, you know, they were the first ones to kind of, you know, gobble those up and implement those uh, uh, at scale. Over, you know, as we look forward, I, I think you're going to start seeing some of the more regional and rural hospitals uh, really be able to implement and, and embrace the technology as prices start coming down on, on all the different components and uh, with new things opening up from a, uh, a technology standpoint, which might, you know, be Bluetooth and things like that, that we see much more uh, in, a, in a consumable fashion. That's really going to allow us to do some of these same you know, awesome impacts, but just do it at some of those smaller hospitals. And that's, you know, I think that's really where, um, you know, I kind of get a, a, you know, a smile on my face because they're the ones that probably need it more than, than some of the big boys. Mm-hmm. They can really, un, you know, re- they need to maximize the use of their infusion pumps and they really need to be as efficient as possible with uh, the time they're spending with their patients. And so I'm excited about uh, what that opens up in the next few years. Was there anything interesting pre and post COVID uh, in terms of hospitals, and is there are, are there any thoughts regarding you know at home care and utilizing Centrac that way? How how do you see that ending up first the pre post and now the future with outside of the hospital? Yeah, so that's an interesting question. It's so one thing that we've seen with RTLS, uh, especially at Centrac, is when we put in these technologies. Um, they're able to be used for truly an infinite amount of use cases. And so if you're the director of biomed, you want it for all of your amazing asset data. But if I am the infection preventionist or the epidemiologist at the hospital during COVID, I want to leverage this technology that we have for contract tracing or uh, what we saw during COVID right in its uh, uh, the beginning stages was they were limiting how many family members could actually go and visit a uh, a loved one in their mm-hmm. patient room. Yep. And so a lot of hospitals were trying to keep up with this manually or in a spreadsheet. It was just, I mean, you just couldn't do it. And so what uh, several of our clients did was they simply provided family members when they walked in with one of our badges. And what that allowed was if more than three of those badges came into contact with one another in that in that patient room, then it allowed for an alert to go out to mm, you know, patient and family services, whoever it was, to say, hey, guys, we can't have this many people here. So the technology was, I would say, was there before COVID. Uh, we were doing contact tracing for uh, for many infection preventionists before most of society knew what contact tracing was. Mm-hmm. But what we saw 
during COVID was really probably in coming out of it was an embracing of technology more so at the at the individual level uh, and less of that kind of big brother concern that might have been a little bit present prior. Uh, people just seem like they're they're more familiar now with being um, uh, having location data tied to them within a medical center. Yep, and we'll and we'll talk about that. My next question before uh, I wanted to kind of. Circle back. We're speaking with Scott Hondros, Vice President of Professional Services, Customer Excellence and Strategic Consulting at Centrac on the Collective Voice of Health IT. Now we talk about everyone's, I guess, flexibility um, of being kind of tracked, our information being passed around. So let's talk about patient accessibility to data. So how is that through the 21st Century Cures Act patient having access to not only their data, but also moving that data around. How is that affecting Centrac? So, you know, we, this is an area that obviously has a lot of sensitivity uh, and, and we are, uh, we, we take it, uh, you know, very seriously with how we uh, handle patient data when we uh, get into that part of our, our solution set. What we typically rely on is we follow the, the hospitals, um, uh, you know, we're integrating with the EMR. And so we are leaving that data within those systems and we are writing to that. So if, if you are being um, wheeled into an OR room, for instance, we are not um, saving that data anywhere externally. We are pushing that data into Epic or Cerner to say, okay, this was when the wheels in uh, time was mm-hmm. documented. And so we really try and leave it to the professionals in that EMR and that IT security world. Everything stays within um, uh, within the organization. Nothing is um, stored, you know, offsite or anything to that degree. So the thing with patients, though, we do show on our display boards. And so, as I mentioned earlier, when you're a patient and you sit down, we use all of the you know the the proper naming conventions and the HIPAA uh, requirements when it comes to displaying your name because a lot of what we have seen um, and we haven't really touched on too much today is family members are part of this journey as well and so if I'm a family member and um, uh, you know my friend Daniel is is having surgery and I'm in the waiting room, I would love to be able to see the status of his visit. Well, you've got to do that in a way that gives you the granularity to know it's Daniel, but do it in a way that doesn't violate any PHI or or HIPAA um, uh, Mm -hmm. uh, aspects. And so we take all of that kind of stuff into consideration when we're displaying uh, information. And we also generate text messages. So if you're going through a visit, uh, and you've gone from uh, the prep to being uh, taken to the OR room, we can send a text message out to uh, to many individuals. All of that are things that are vetted with the patient and family advisory council and the, the privacy office to say, okay, this is only what we are going to include in there mm-hmm. uh, so that those messages are secure as well. Do you guys coordinate with um, ADT at admission, discharge, and transfer systems? So yep. it's, it's kind of like hand in hand. Exactly. And and a lot of it is goes back um to trying to put RTLS and, and especially at Centrac, we are trying to take the information that's needed for a particular role within the hospital and place that information in whatever tool set they use most commonly. Perfect, so if yeah. I am a biomed technician, we do not want them to have to log into a separate piece of mm-hmm. software. We want to be able to integrate and push the location of the asset uh, the individuals looking for into their CMMS system so that he or she is able to say, okay, here is the ventilator that I'm looking for, uh, for its preventative maintenance. Uh, and we do the same, take the same approach when we're talking about the EMR and say, okay, 
if I'm a patient transporter and I'm going to a discharge, where is that patient? Mm -hmm. And so we're pushing that real-time location into those systems and allowing the, the end users, we've seen a much greater utilization now that we've pushed that information into the systems that they use primarily for their jobs. So your flexibility at Centrac is, is to be able to kind of communicate with EMRs and ADT systems in their language. So, so taking their standard and adopting it. So there's not like a, a communication breakdown, which at those points is very important. You want to have yeah. accurate information regarding ADT. Yeah, you're, you're spot on. And, and that's where we've seen within the industry, you know, as I mentioned, I, I started back in 2012. Uh, we've seen a, just take Epic, for example, RTLS wasn't even, a, you know, something on their roadmap back in, you know, the, the you know, 2015. Now there are specific capabilities and fields and all sorts of things that have been built into these uh, these systems at, at all of these large organizations, uh, software platforms to um, uh, digest RTLS data in, in various ways. And, and that's that's where it's 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 really a, a cool kind of, you know, pushing of the envelope to see, you know, how what else can we do now that uh, some of this capability exists? I love it. I love it. It's fun. We've had a couple of episodes regarding kind of the hospital room of the future, and it's great yeah. to see it's not the future. You know, like we're living in it. And thanks sure. to a company like Centrac and the work that you guys are doing. Um, as we close this fun chat regarding RTLS, um, are there any resources you'd like to recommend, plug, um, let our listeners know more about you, about RTLS, about Centrac, et cetera? Yeah, I think, you know, this, you can go to a conference, you can go to you can go online and there's a lot of information out there. Um, I think I, I, that was one of the, the things I saw in COVID the most was everybody had a contact tracing solution that probably didn't need to have a contact tracing solution uh, coming out of the woodwork, it seemed. And so I would say really do your homework, find a partner who really understands your organization. And, and the reason why I say that is because my team is made up of former clinicians, former doctors, former hospital administrators. And we did that very strategically so that we are building things and, and deploying things that uh, align with their peers and with what they learned uh, when they were actually in those roles. So it's very um, uh, uh, relatable to, to what's needed. And so I would say, you know, make sure that you do some due diligence. If, if someone is uh, claiming that they have certain level of accuracy or, or a certain capability, just, you know, really take your time and dive into this because it is a major investment. And once you uh, have, have, you know, picked out a vendor, there are ways to, to roll this out. I wouldn't suggest that you jump right into patient care, for instance. That's a very complex use case that has a lot of human aspects to it. You're involving your, your clients uh, uh, from a patient standpoint. So we always say, you know, crawl, walk, run. Start with assets or environmental monitoring mm -hmm. before you start moving into things like staff duress or, or patient um, uh, workflows because it does get very complex. And you want to make sure you your organization culture and your vendor partner um, is, is ready for that. No, that's perfect. We just had last week, or actually this week, a virtual spotlight on business practices regarding artificial intelligence and really the kind of crawl before you walk, before you run type, because the technology is constantly growing and it's very attractive and there's, very, there's a lot of benefits to it. But you're right. Take your time, you know, because if you jump too quickly into it, you know, it could burn you. Yeah, and I think the, just the last thing around that is, you know, there's a lot of focus right now, and rightfully so, on staff arrest, staff safety, 
uh, is at an all-time um, um, uh, high. Uh, unfortunately, uh, nurses and other clinicians are, are, you know, assaulted on a regular basis. And so having a staff to rest solution implemented is fantastic. The only caveat I would say is when you're implementing any of these technologies, think about where you do want to be in a few years, that three to five year roadmap, so that you don't implement a single technology um, for a particular use case that might not be able to grow with you as an organization mm -hmm. for some of those future needs. And so think about, again, partnering with a vendor like Centrac, who has a wide you know, breadth of options and solutions uh, so that you can really build out a roadmap that meets your financial uh, needs, but also your growth needs as an organization. Sounds like a great game plan. Scott, it was a pleasure having you on the Collective Voice of Health IT today. All the best. Thank you so much for being a wonderful guest. Thank you so much, Michael. This was fantastic. Great. This has been the Collective Voice of Health IT, a weedy podcast where the healthcare IT community connects, collaborates, and creates solutions for a better health system. To listen to all our episodes and learn more about our association, visit our website, wedi.org. Thank you for joining us and be safe.